Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. Faster than a speeding balloon, more powerful than a laundrette, able to leap tall comedians in a single space hopper assisted bound, it's Tim Fitzhigham. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. This is Edinburgh Calling in August. It is the arts capital of the world. For the rest of the time, it's Scotland's capital city. Still trying to work out what to do in August when it becomes the arts festival of the world. Yes, and working out what to do when it's not August is the point of this. The Edinburgh Fringe Archive podcast. Nearly two decades worth of interviews. Over a thousand people on the other side of my microphone. It's a chance to go back into the archives on a weekly basis when it's not August to remind us of those heady, exotic times of the fringe. I appear to have let the theme tune run into the full length. There we go. Thanks, as always, to Needfire, our Texas-based rock and roll bagpipe theme tune givers. I'm Ewan Spence. Welcome to the Edinburgh Fringe Archive. So, yes, there are fringe performers, there are fringe stalwarts, then there is Tim Fitzhigh. The gentleman explorer has spent decades at the fringe bringing shows about his madcap activities that he has attempted not to die doing in the past year before getting to the fringe, doing the show, and going off to do something else rather ludicrous and starting the cycle all over again. Most notably, he was the uh, first person to row across the English Channel in a bathtub. Um, He once held the British and European record for the longest washing line, uh, and he was part of an obscure show called Alex Horn the Taskmaster in 2010. Not quite sure what happened to that show. But uh, I do know that in 2016, uh, Tim made his annual pilgrimage to the Fringe, but it was a much calmer Edinburgh experience for him that year. Although not quite ready to present his latest daredevil moment, there will be a double death show coming up in 2017. He once more joined with Duncan Walsh Atkins to bring their loving tribute to Flanders and Swan to the Fringe for its then 10th show. Part tribute, part let's do some funny songs, part let's not forget about these titanic comedians... Fitzheim and Atkins continue to this day to present the showcase of the comedic music from Michael Flanders and Donald Swan at the Fringe. And so to 2016, and joining myself and Tim in the podcast studio, we had a guest co-host that year, so Paul Levy from fringeview.co.uk is part of this little interview as well as we talk about uh, the Flanders and Swan show, uh, the love of Michael and Donald's music, and the importance of the duo to the cultural landscape. So let's go back to the cabaret bar. Let's go back to 2016 at the Fringe and let's enjoy at the drop of a hippopotamus. And now a Fringe institution, which scarily enough, I think I'm getting rather close to actually being. That's quite worrying. Tim Fitzhigham joins us now, um, a man who has done... Many courageously, selflessly stupid things at the Fringe. Very kind. In benefit of the Fringe. You're very kind. Um, And this year, even though you've got a very 
big lineup of stuff. Yes. None of them seem to be risking life and limb. No, that's true. Uh, basically, normally, you're quite right, my solo shows involve me attempting to die in a variety of imaginative ways and then coming up to Edinburgh to report on what's happened that year, like rowing the English Channel in a bathtub or going the longest distance ever in a paper boat, running across deserts in suits of armour, throwing myself across volcanoes, and the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, uh, so basically, most most of the fringe group look at the, look at the program and go, "Does Tim have a show this year, or did he die?" Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, last year it came close. Um, but uh, in essence, uh, the project that I'm working on currently is not yet finished, and so rather than rush to an ending for that, I've decided to take a year off doing the solo show reporting on it, mm-hmm. let the project finish, and then come back next year. And can talk you about give it. us any hints None at, at all? all? No. No, but I can tell you that it is right up there with the level of you, uh, uh, that you would expect from me, I, I think. Have you had a near-death experience? So have you done it, or are you in the process of I'm doing it? I'm in the process it? of doing it. I'm not currently dead. So you've just condemned a load of people to a sort of boring year watching Bear Grylls and waiting for you to come back? P- pretty much, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Tim Fitzhigh and watches Bear's Grill. <laughs> Just goes out in with a barbecue. Tim Fitzhigh goes to a barbecue with bears. No, wait a minute. Hang on a minute. It's all gone wrong. If a bear does something in a wood, if a bear grills in the wood, (laughs) yeah, yeah. do I smell it in the poke? Or if Tim's not at Edinburgh, Uh, is you know, and he falls over, (laughs) anyone there to hear him? Do you have two different life insurances, by the way? Do you have like the regular Tim's at home and the Tim's away on work life insurance? Do you know what? You're you're absolutely right. Yes, I do. That is entirely correct. I I mean, factually, that is correct. Yes. Yeah, there's a little checkbox. Like you know, you know, I have you. Do you do? Winter sports? Do you do skiing? Are you yeah. going to do golf in Dubai? Yeah. Are you Tim Fitzhigham? Yeah. No. It, basically, I have one for when I'm working on project, my projects, and then I have one for when I'm not working on my projects. So I have one if I'm writing something, and then one if that's I'm, dangerous. Well, it's le- it's less dangerous. I did actually fracture a toe while I was writing something, but that was just You're doing accident. it wrong. Yeah, I must be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I should have used my hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That said, though, yes, um, and we've got the most out of what we're going to do for the show next year that we're yeah, going to get, yeah. and you've got to come back and tell us next year anyway. So why? How many so, years have I been doing your podcast? Um, I've been doing the podcast 12. I think we, I've done all of them, haven't uh, I? No, because we very rarely get people in two years running guest wise, so you've done seven right? at the most. And the most wow. Ewan's ever got is an ingrowing toenail. That's right. Uh, well, oh, no, there's a little bit of psoriasis just coming up under the thumb there from the this, slider. This broadcast has gone right. The listeners are sitting at home going, what on earth have I tuned into? It's <laughs> no, extraordinary. No, they're going, I'm at home, I'm safe, I'm perfectly fit in my normal, sensible life. I'm not <laughs> stupid enough to think you should go to, I don't know, Kiev and host a Junior Eurovision Song Contest three hours before the revolution starts. Oh, now that'd be good fun. Uh, it was. Wouldn't it? Yeah, it was. That, that, yeah. If I had to do a show, that's my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that. We were here to talk about your your shows this year. Yeah, this year's shows. This year's the, show. The plethora of shows. The, that the I'm plethora. Doing. Yeah. Let's start with the one that um that is giving you institution stage here. That you do with Duncan. Yes, Flanders indeed. and Swan. Flanders and Swan. It's it's just lovely, isn't it? Flanders and Swan were the biggest double act in the world in the 1950s and 1960s. They were the top comedy stars globally, and yet they never did television. And the reason they never did television is that television was a tiny medium at the time. Uh, four people a owned a TV like set. Show. <laughs> four people owned a TV set, whereas Flanders and Swan were selling out the Theatre Royal. There was just no reason for I them mean, to do that. In those TV. days, how big was the Theatre Royal? Oh, it was a massive venue. It was the biggest in the country. It was a huge, big venue, the Theatre Royal. We were talking in excess of oh, 10, thousands and thousands yeah. of seats, yeah. And every single night for the longest run ever recorded. And so Flanders and Swan were just a massive institution. Not only were they comedy stars, they also released top 
uh, ten top ten records. So they were musical comedy stars who, at points, were selling as many records as the Beatles in that period. What, what period so we're talking? We're talking. We're talking late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. And so they, there was no incentive for them to, to to do TV. So nowadays, when you get the top ten comedy moments on television, hosted by I don't know Jimmy Carr or Bear Grylls, you just don't get Florence and Swan appearing. So. It seemed to me to be such a tragedy because they were the greatest comedy songs ever written, recorded and performed. And it, I had this horrific fear that we would lose that from our collective memory. And so years ago, I phoned up uh, the families of Flanders and Swan oh, and when, said... When did they die? Michael died in 1975, a month before I was born. So I missed seeing them mm-hmm. live because uh, of that. Uh, I wasn't born early enough. And uh, Donald then died later in the, in the late, uh, late 1990s. Have you so. met Donald? No, uh, upsettingly not. I have met all the families. So I've met Michael's daughter, still very much alive, Stephanie Flanders, who presented the news. Michael's... Um, oh, that Flanders? Yes, yes, oh. that's his daughter, yeah. I didn't so, know that. Um, yes, well, I, you can... I, I'm yeah, going to win a pop quiz on that one day. She's a, she's a very beautiful lady, Stephanie, of course, but whenever she... Just very occasionally on the news... Uh, she'll raise an eyebrow, and it's exactly the way Michael would have raised the. It, it's exactly the same method of 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 doing it, and there's just something, as you'd expect from a daughter and father relationship, something really exactly similar to Michael. Although you know, in this terribly beautiful woman, um, Donald's wife, of course, I've uh, I've met her as well. She's the curator at the uh, Tate, uh, so she's a very successful lady in her own right. Michael's sister. Um, is still very much alive, and for a very, for a very long period, the only direction the show had ever had was by Michael's sister, because uh, she came and watched the show in its very very early days. We're talking sort of fifteen years ago, and wrote me a letter with her thoughts. And I read the letter, and I wrote back to her, and we sort of corresponded over it, and uh, and talked a lot. And I basically took everything she mm-hmm. suggested and thought about it and put it into the show. Which but from the point of view of making a show, up here, you know, there's Laurel and Hardy, there's Chaplin, there's lots and lots of characters that have got the clues from the movie material and yeah. so on. Yeah. How do you yeah. get this right? How do you recreate this? Well, the, or, or is it a recreation? Well, it's not really. I mean, it's a, it's, our Flanders and Swan show has always said it's a jumping-off point. We adore Flanders and Swan. Duncan, Flanders and Swan is my first childhood memory except for swallowing paint. It's the first thing I can remember is the music of Flanders and Swan and the sensation of swallowing paint by mistake. Those are my t- earliest two things. And then when he was six and they needed something for the, the, the school interval act in the play, to, ah, swallowing paint! <laughs> <laughs> I've got an entire hour here ready to go, miss! <laughs> uh, but basically, um, for me to get to do the songs live every day is, is fantastic. And I think my enthusiasm for it is, is a lot of the show, a lot of the, the formula that seems to get the show right. I mean, this is the 10th year at the festival. There aren't that many shows that keep going for 10 years at the festival. And yes, we vary it every year. We change the song selection. We try and find something really rare and unusual from the archive to keep the people that keep coming back happy and interested. But fundamentally, it's me and Duncan, two dinner jackets, a piano, doing the songs of Flons and Swan. I mean, how much of a discovery do you have to choose? from oh there's a huge there's a, there's a whole filing cabinet there's a filing cabinet with several drawers full of material some of which they never re- even recorded so i mean it's it, there, there really is this this treasure trove in uh, battersea of course uh where where these songs still are and th- there's so many i mean duncan and i 
I constantly feel we only scratch the surface of, of the full potential of Flans and Swan, and we've been doing it longer than Flanders and Swan did Flans and Swan. I think they had a nine-year span of doing it, and, well, we're ten at the fringe and 15 in total, so it's, it's been a joy. And we've got to go as far away as Australia and all over the world. It's been amazing. And it, and it, it sounds almost uh, like there's a benefit for them not having been on TV for you. That well, you don't have to do just an impersonation. Because You've Tim's got, on the television yeah, all the time. Yeah, creative possibility, having just kind of a mystery there. You might be right. I mean, in essence, uh, there, are, there, are very, there is very rare footage of them. I think, um, I think the Hippopotamus song I've seen once, yeah. in a really scratchy black and white, Correct. in the wheelchair. And Correct. And that's interesting in itself, because that w- they recorded... Uh, when Fonz and Swan's show's finished... They were recorded as cinema releases. They didn't go to television. They went straight to cinema. That's where people then flocked to the cinema who'd missed the shows, couldn't get tickets. So things like the Pathia News Reels and stuff. Correct. So there were these massive reels of footage of Flans and Swan shows. But they'd lost the second half. So they had the first half reel they, when they used to change over in the interval, and they'd lost the second half reel. And then suddenly, the other day, it was a few years ago now, but they found the second half in the Henderson Islands or somewhere like that, like right out in the middle of nowhere in what used to be the British Empire. This had been shipped out to this part of the, the British Empire back end of, I think somewhere near New Zealand, and they found the second half reel and they reunited the two reels and the BFI put on a special evening of both halves of Flanders and Swan and I amazingly got to escort Stephanie Flanders and Mrs Swan and sat in the middle of both of them watching Flanders and Swan, which was just... For me, as a kid, fan of Flans and Swan, slightly geeky about it, was just one of the best things ever, I have to say. Is there any other kind of pairs and entertainers on your list that you'd like to do one day? Well, Duncan and I started doing Noel Coward. Uh, and I loved doing Noel Coward, and Duncan loved doing Noel Coward. And I, I love—I would love at some point to go back, maybe, and have a look at the Noel Coward uh, material, because I think again, there's there's so much in Noel Coward that again is is undiscovered. There are so many funny songs that just don't get done, which is such a shame. So, uh, as we said, there, Flanders and Swan is yeah. the main show, uh, and it's it's got a, it's it's a it's a title underneath. It's Flanders and Swan at the job of a hippopotamus. Yeah, and of, yeah. of course it is. Yeah. Of course, you've got to get yeah. the keyword in for SEO. Um, I mean, even it's then, in... forty years ahead of the time, let's make sure that our keyword is in our favourite song's name. Yeah, so yeah. Anybody searching for it's gonna land up yeah. on the page. Uh, that is playing uh, the Pleasant and Cabaret, Cabaret Bar. Cabaret yeah. Bar at various two, times until the twenty ninth. It's the two thirty two thirty slot first week. 5.20 slot second week so we're just we're just moving slightly later in the day for the second week and while you don't have Tim Fitzheim tries to kill himself again yeah that should be the uh, subtitle of all the shows, uh, the shows. Yeah. you, you yeah. are I'm bouncing doing, around Edinburgh as well I am I'm doing my improvised comedy trial show called This Is Your Trial which is on at 7.30 in the Guild of Balloon uh, and that's basically we, you know, we all know how court works essentially it's a judge two barristers and a clerk and then the audience become the jury they become the accused they become the accuser they become expert witnesses court stenographer court artist and it's a really good show for A. improv and B. involving an audience it's fantastic fun and if people can get along to see that it's really good top name comics every night I think today we've got um, um, Deborah Francis White as a QC. Uh uh, Josie Long is another QC. I think Howard Reed of uh, Little Howard's show is in the chair as the judge, and I shall be clocking. So it's a really nice setup for comedy, and there's been some amazing moments that have come out of it, some glorious, glorious things. And then finally, of course, I'm hosting the uh, the Night at the Museum, which is in the National Museum of Scotland every weekend, and that's a brilliant show. Uh, it's me hosting, th- I think, three stand-ups, and we flash up big slides or pull actual artefacts out, and the, the comics don't know what they really are and have to start just 
presenting them as though they know what they are to an audience of people. So it ends and, up and somewhere them. Robert Robinson's going, I think I know this game. <laughs> <laughs> Younger and Flander next. <laughs> and it is just really lovely. So the, it's a bit like a kind of amalgam of improv, stand-up, a bit a sort of QI, Curiosity Museum. It's, there's a lot going on there, and, and I'd recommend that show to everybody. It's late night. It starts, I think, just before midnight. Is there a central place in the web where we can find all the details for these things? I think it's the Edinburgh Fringe site, isn't in it? Indeed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so just to help you out, uh, Fringe Review will probably talk about one or two of those things. Yeah. Uh, Emberfringe.thepodcast.com. <laughs> yeah, you just, you, how has he done it this year? Bang, there you go. I mean, you can find me and ask me. I'm on Twitter at timfitzheim.com okay, right. and com the website. <laughs> Tim Fitzsimon there, recorded in 2016, talking about the Flanders and Swan show that himself and Duncan Walsh Atkins bring up to the fringe. Now, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 22. So it's 16 shows. 17 shows? Ah, lots. It's lots of shows. Anyway, uh, since speaking to him in 2016, he's appeared in The Greatest Movie of All Time, which is, of course, Paddington 2. Uh, he was Hugh Grant's magician grandfather. He continues to work with the Guildhall of St. George Project, to keep the UK's oldest theatre, the aforementioned Guildhall of St George, open. It's been, oh, it's the longest, it's, it's had Shakespeare on stage. That's how old it is. It, they definitely had the bard up there doing some of his own material. And uh, this year he was appointed the creative director at Guildhall of St George as well. Uh, he continues to perform, to MC, to do um, corporate gigs, to do quite a lot of motivational speaking as well and you will find details on all of Tim's adventures in the corporate and the comedic and in the creative world at his website which is just fitzhyam.com and as always we will have links to that social medias and all of that stuff at our website edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com thank you all for listening to another interview from the archives of the edinburgh festival from myself ewan spence and the team at the edinburgh fringe show at the podcast corner uh we're small we're nicely formed and we would love to have some stars on our show in the likes of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and all of your independent podcast players. So if you just have a little look below where you listen to this, there might be a rate this podcast. Do feel free to open that and uh, press whatever star rating you would like. And because, of course, <laughs> star rating, it's like the fringe never left us, is it? Anyway, it really helps rate the show. Uh, it helps bring them up. The ICO makes it easier for people to find these shows because not a lot of people are looking for the Edinburgh Fringe outside of August but if they are or if you know who they are point them towards the podcast and I thank you for listening I'll be back next week another classic interview will be due up from the Edinburgh Fringe archives but for now ta-ra You've been listening to the Edinburgh Fringe Show, hosted by Ewan Spence, produced by The Podcast Corner. Listen to more from The Fringe at edinburghfringe.thepodcastcorner.com. Listener.